Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides. It's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I've built to predict various sports outcomes is affectionately known as Sideline. You'll hear more about the model during the course of this episode, set to cover the six best college basketball games and one random off-the-wall game scheduled to be played on Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. In case you're here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. See the Google Sheet linked in the show description for sidelines projections on every single game. Remember, this show covers picks on the best games for the best picks on all games. Sign up on Patreon or Blackbook Sports. There are different packages and price ranges based on your needs. Uh, Jake, uh, again, I mentioned this, right? The hazards of recording at the time we do, we want to get the show out early for people, get them lots of good early content. Uh, Tuesday, we have no idea how it went. Monday, we went five and up. That was a lot yeah. of fun. That was um, a great, great night. Small slate, rough basketball for the most part, but hey, we figured it all out. I loved every minute of it, <laughs> personally. Uh, hopefully, Tuesday goes just as well. I don't think we're going to run the board on Tuesday. We made like yeah. a lot a lot of picks. Like yeah. At some point, the math is just like, you're not going to get them all, right? So hopefully, you know, if we can have half the success we have on Tuesday, that'll be, uh, be good. But yeah, Monday was a lot of fun. I feel like uh, we did a really good job of picking up the spots, uh, yes. the travel and some of those difficulties. And we talked a lot about that Tuesday outfit that goes as well. We're talking about coming off the rivalry games and some of that stuff. Uh, um, but Wednesday Slate... It, Less about spots now. We've had enough time from travel from the weekend, so there's less like when did this team just play kind of stuff. Except for Hartford, we are not covering the Hartford game because that is like depressing how sad the Central Connecticut State Hartford game is going to be. So we're not covering that. I know viewer, you are sad about that, but it's it didn't make the slate. I mean, there's what like seven fans between the two schools. Um, I'm okay with them being upset that it's not here. Maybe seven. I, I think it's less about the fans of those schools and the fans who who have been making money uh, backing or fading those teams, right? It's probably more about that than anything else. I, I know I know we've had some people enjoying fading Hartford, and, and maybe we'll fade them again here against Central Connecticut. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I haven't even looked at that one. I haven't digested that one yet. It's it's such a such an intensely good matchup. I think uh, I've, I've spent some time tonight really breaking that one down because there's just so much to dive into with such – powerhouse programs right just making sure you don't get too high on the horse where it's great basketball you just want to you know bring it back down to a normal level by by looking at that one exactly 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 yeah we have a pretty good uh wednesday slate a lot of games and we've got again six really good ones we think uh for you but before we get to that some reminders please hit that like button if you are on youtube also if you aren't yet please consider subscribing or following it's free and if you turn on notifications don't miss any of the college basketball mobile or college football content that this channel provides I've already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits we found over there above and beyond what we do here. $3 per month gets you the play of the day. For another $2 a month, you get all the model picks and access to the Discord chat group, which is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games or other sports. Let's talk there about how to profit on the NBA, NHL, all sorts of fun stuff. And for $500 or more, more a month, you get ad-free shows and immediate access to every recommended pick. Go to www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor for more details. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Remember, sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on the show is predicting a typical game and not trying to forecast it to a T, as that would be a foolish and impossible goal. We take a long-term view around here. Don't get distracted when a team either can't hit or can't miss from three. Speaking of like that Northern Colorado game, right? Like sometimes we get that good variance and it's a lot of fun and we just, we like that, right? We don't want to get too, you know, like yeah. we understand that that was just a really good performance from them, right? That we expected them to win and it was a good spot, but like maybe they should have won by 10. The fact they won by 30 was just 
good luck, right? You know? Yeah, or or Miami just absolutely waxing Duke. That just yeah. picking the right spot there. Did not expect yeah. a nearly thirty point win. Exactly right. So uh, you know all that stuff balances out in the long run. It's hard to foresee those types of things before they happen. So again, we're talking about the average game. In other words, good and bad variants will occur. Had a lot of good variants on money. That's a lot more fun than the bad variants, but that just comes and goes. So as much as we like to still be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Let's get to it. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. We're going to start off with 7 p.m. Eastern. Tennessee at Vanderbilt. A little bit of a rivalry game here, at least for one side. We're going to go with the under 133 and a half. Model says 128.3. I, I feel like you just got to keep writing these Tennessee unders. Like I, they're not always going to hit, but they seem to hit more times than not. I don't know what else to say other than they play good defense. Sometimes their offense disappears. And as long as one of those things happens, you win the other. On Saturday, we saw both happen and we got the easiest under in the history of us, basically. Uh, so we're going to go under 133 and a half, a pretty solid edge here. I think this team's going to struggle to get to the 130s. As much as Vanderbilt has been playing in higher scoring games lately, decent offense, not a great defense. They really just don't play with much pace. And I think they're going to be stuck playing Tennessee's game more so. They also play slower than Tennessee. So I just don't really see any tempo here. And a game without tempo with Tennessee involved, got to be an under game. With regards to the side, Tennessee is a 10-point favorite. Model says 12, but it's yet another game with Tennessee. We've been Every game with Tennessee has been like this lately. The numbers have been big, and I'm just like, I don't know. They haven't been covering them. So, I mean, at some point, if you want to fade them, I, I guess you can. They're just a lot better than Vanderbilt. I just want no part of the side here. They should win. Who knows by how much. I'm just going to stick to the under. I think that's a smart play. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, look, from the side, I have no clue what to do, right? I mean, it's hard for any of these models and books and stuff to figure out what to do with Tennessee because that defense yeah. is otherworldly, but the but the offense some, somehow is on a different planet from their defense. Like, it's just not, not a good there. one. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's unreal. But in the last two games, I mean, it's just not shown up. Like, the loss with Florida, they outshot them, outplayed them, just shot 20%, lose the game. Beat. I'm not sure if you can really count it as a win when you score 49 points, but they did that. They they beat Auburn. Counts as that a is a thing that happened. <laughs> yes. Uh, like, Vandy's got a decent, decent offense, but not anything anywhere near what's going to solve this Tennessee defense if they yeah. come out to play. I mean, like, if you're into the Ken Palm stuff, he's got the defensive, like, points metric. Um, it's like 105 is the average right now, and Tennessee is sitting down at, like, 83. It's just a huge gap between them and everybody else, but the offense is almost the other way. So I, I just don't trust Tennessee to score the points to get this over, and I'm definitely not trusting Vandy to score points to get this one over. I think 120 is going to be kind um, just because I just don't see much offense happening. I mean, could get burnt a couple times. Tennessee's been hot from three. Yep. Or Vandy's been hot from three. But, I mean, neither one of them are very good three-point shooting teams on the year. Not a lot of points happen in this game. Not a lot of fun either. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the way we always talk about, right, there's always ways you can lose every bet. You ought to be able to think through those. I think the only way we really lose this bet is obviously any team can get hot from three, but the, the more realistic way is I could see it kind of playing out like that Mississippi State game that we had the under on, and there were like, I don't know, like 45 points or something stupid in the first half, and then there were like 90 in the second half where like nobody knew what happened and neither team could be stopped, right? Like yeah. that sort of thing can happen, but it's more likely that we're going to get 45 points in the first half and 45 in the second half than something like that. Maybe that's a little too low, obviously, but I mean, Tennessee's going to, 
have a hard time getting to 70, I think, in this game. But that should be plenty to win with their defense against, like you said, kind of just a mediocre Vanderbilt offense. Like Vanderbilt's going to have a hard time getting to 60. I kind of think the 70 to 60 seems – yeah. That seems as generous as we're going to get. Like, I just, it's hard to see unless, like you said, one or both teams just gets really hot from three, which again, as we talked about at the top, can happen. We're talking about the average game, but in general, that seems like an outlier type performance. The under seems like a really good play there. Yeah. And I mean, the travel spot's not bad. There's not a lot of um, hype around the Vandy program. Nashville doesn't really come out to support Vandy unless there's a lot of hype around it. So I don't think home court's going to do much for them. Uh, so it's just not a lot of fun in this game. Could be, could be a sleepy one. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, another under we're going on here, 7 p.m. Eastern, Iowa State at West Virginia, numbers 136. Sidelines is 133.5. You know, you've got an Iowa State team that's just not playing really fast at all and has a pretty good, not as good as Tennessee, but still a pretty good defense, by far the best defense in the Big 12. I mentioned Iowa State can get hot from three. That tends to happen more at home than on the road. I think it's a little bit less likely here. West Virginia's got a decent offense, but against Iowa State, it's really hard to score points unless you're just draining threes. And occasionally you see that. Uh, Missouri did it. Uh, we saw it in the second half in Lubbock. That's West Virginia's game plan to win this. That's their game plan to take this over is just draining a bunch of threes. I'm going to take my chances and say, in general, Iowa State doesn't allow that. So I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring game. Should be a tight contest. Uh, West Virginia's a three-point home favorite. Model says 2.8. I don't really know what to do or three and a half point favorite. I probably would take the points at Iowa state if I had to here, but I think just my favorite play is the under, I think they're going to, they're going to really slow this down. They know it in Morgantown. They don't want to get into a track meet with West Virginia that at home, maybe let's let it roll because they like the way they shoot at home. But on the road, I, Iowa state on the road, just claims stand on defense in general. Again, other than a couple of times when teams have gotten hot from three. And because of that, I think this stays under 136. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, this was the hardest one for me to pick on the board. I think everything's priced pretty well here. Um, I lean under. It's not my favorite play just because West Virginia at home, good team. Iowa State on the road, not near as good, especially offensively. Um, their defense travels, but, it, I mean, West Virginia at home is nasty. It's a long yep. travel. Um, yep. It's a bad spot. Uh, free throw line, probably free throw line. And when West Virginia has the balls where this game gets decided, right? Cause West Virginia's best unit is their offense. Iowa state's best unit is their defense. Whoever wins that battle is going to decide the game. And then the free throw line, because both teams tend to foul a lot. Uh, West Virginia, much better free throw shooting team than Iowa state. So I think that's going to be a big advantage, but I, I don't see a lot of points happening here. At least not, not a lot of clean looks because both teams have pretty good defenses. It's, they make it tough to score. Uh, there might be one run where West Virginia pulls up, pulls away, and that might decide the game, but I, I doubt it. I think it's going to be one or two possession the whole way, and I think it's going to be a struggle to score very much a good underplay. Yeah, I, I you know, and anything can happen in one game, but in general, I really like Iowa State's chances to get to, like, 65. And the question is, does West Virginia get to 70 or does West Virginia only score 60? Like you said, that's going to be the difference in this game is who wins that battle. West Virginia has the ball. Do they get 60 or 70? That's why I like the under here because it, 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 if they score 60, then we're way under. If they score 70, we're still right at this number, probably still got a good shot at the under here. So I think there's a lot of ways to win the under, but I think you're right. That that battle is going to be really interesting. Um, 
can West Virginia score on this really good Iowa State defense? Um, I, I don't see Iowa State scoring much on the road. They just they don't. They're, I see it being really difficult for them to get to seventy unless they try to get this into a track meet, and that doesn't seem like something that they should want to do on the road here. That doesn't seem like a wise move given the way they play on the road. Well, track, track meet takes their best tool out of their bag. That's that half court defense, so they they don't want to run whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. So that, them slowing it down again, under 136, pretty solid play there. Sticking in the Big 12, APM Eastern, Texas Tech at Oklahoma State. Uh, we're going to lay the six with the pokes here. Model says 6.4, and I, I, I like what I've seen from Oklahoma State. They, they've really hung around there, and I think they, they're trying to establish themselves here as the clear seventh best team in the conference. And, and the seventh best team um, should be solidly in the tournament uh, here. And I think that's what Oklahoma State's – doing i like what i've seen from them of late i think they can get the job done at home tech i'm just not sold on they still continue to on average underperform they had that great second half against iowa state and that's you know i think they had a great first half at texas i believe early in the season a while ago that's really like two good halves some mediocre halves i mean they, they haven't shown a lot that's a tough place to play on the road i just think there's a good chance that they get the floor wiped with them here in general in the big 12 i like taking the points but i just like the way this oklahoma state team is playing and i think tech it, their season's not over right they still have a chance to get some wins and you don't need that many wins in this conference to make the tournament but they got to start winning and it's just not a great spot i just don't see them doing it they haven't been able to do it yet i don't really see how that changes here if they're going to get some wins I think it's going to be at home, but on the road here, I think they're in for a long night against Oklahoma State. Going to lay the six there with the Cowboys. Uh, total on this one's 134 and a half. Model says 130, and so Model would lean under. There should be enough tempo in this game. I don't really like the under. I don't really like the over either. It's just a pass for me in the total, just like laying the six. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, look, Oklahoma is playing very well over the last couple of weeks. Their last six games, they're five and one, and it was a road loss to Texas. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're doing very well. I mean, they beat the crap out of Ole Miss, uh, handled Oklahoma even with their revenge and on the road. Uh, got TCU. Yeah, got TCU. I know it was a down TCU, but still took – Still a very talented TCU team, uh, and they're, they're just playing a lot better right now. Where Texas Tech, conference play has not been kind to them. Their defense has fallen off a cliff along with their offense. Um, they've ranked the worst in almost every category. Um, like The turnovers are a big bugaboo for them all year, especially in conference. And I mean, not that Oklahoma, Oklahoma's uh, state is much better at it, so that's why I don't want to touch the total because I don't know who's going to hold on the ball and who's going to score it. But I, I think Oklahoma State is going to do enough because Texas Tech just really struggling. Like the one conference win so far this year was on the road or was at home against Iowa State and that crazy that comeback. Second half, yeah. I don't, I don't see them pulling that off again. And I think Oklahoma state's going to get it to them, give it early and stay on top of them the whole time. Yeah. And my perception is probably not a hundred percent accurate here. We, I mean, we've seen some blowouts, right? You know, Kansas last night against Texas kind of pulled away. TCU kind of ran away from Kansas. So, so, so we've seen some blowouts. Absolutely. But my perception for the most part in the Big 12 is that so many of these teams just play in tight games, or at least they're close late. Maybe someone pulls away at the end, but most of the games are tight. It's it's not this accurate, but I feel like you take nine of the 10 Big 12 teams and like 80% of their games are like within five points in the last minute. But Tech seems like 
50-50 to just get the doors blown off of them. And again, it's probably not completely accurate, but when you go back through tech schedule, I mean, they just got through getting embarrassed in Waco. They lost by double digits at Kansas State. They lost at home by 15 to West Virginia. They lost by 34 at Iowa State. They've had some good games for sure, but I feel like they're the one team in the conference that on the road is just more of 50-50 to just get blown out. And that's kind of what sets up here why I'm okay laying the six. In general, in the Big 12 with six, I'd be like, who knows what's going to happen? Just grab me some points. But here, I just don't think tech's up, Tech is up for it on the road. Like you said, against an Oklahoma State team, starting to play a little bit better, kind of putting it together. They, they looked decent in non-conference, struggled early in conference, but seems like they're really um, – you know, might be a team to watch out for. Not again to that top six, but uh, close enough, dangerous enough, right? Not to be overlooked. They're playing some solid basketball right now. Yeah, I mean, they could be definitely one that gets uh, finishes their little hot run they're on and gets to like the. I'm not exactly sure how the Big 12 tournament works, but semifinals, quarterfinals, whatever it is, like wins a game or two in that tournament and really kind of surprises people come March and wins that first game when. When you start, because if you start diving into the record and stuff, it's not great. They're twelve and eleven on the year, but a lot of that is that eight <laughs> eight game losing streak they had in conference that really put them behind the eight ball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to eight thirty p.m. Eastern, Wisconsin at Penn State, late local start time uh, for this one. Gonna lay the four and a half points with Penn State. Model says four point eight. I don't know. My handicap on this one's pretty simple. Penn State at home, pretty decent team. I'm just still not seeing it with Wisconsin. I faded them last week in a similar spot. I think against Illinois where I was like, I'm just not seeing it. I think Illinois is the better team. Same thing here. I'm still just not seeing it with Wisconsin. I know that all the models love them. Um, they just came off of a loss at home to Northwestern. Um, they did get the win at Ohio State, but I mean, Ohio State hasn't looked good lately. Uh, they got destroyed at Maryland. They get that Illinois loss. Uh, before that, they lost at Northwestern. I mean, they won the first game against Penn State. That was by three at home, and that feels like a long time ago. Uh, I just, they just don't look that good. I know that they're finally healthy, but they haven't won when they've been healthy. So it doesn't really matter in my mind. Uh, I think Penn State's a better team. I think they can pull away here in the second half and cover this short number. Total. It's 127 and a half. Models is 127.1. I want no part of that total. I, I don't, I mean, if I was going to do something, I would just go under because it's Wisconsin, but it's such a low number. It's not exciting whatsoever. It's just going to lay the four and a half with the knee Lions. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, Wisconsin and Big Ten play has been bad. A lot of that's injuries and not having a lot of continuity with and stuff. And it's just been a lot of bad luck. But I mean, they have dropped well below average. I mean, their defense is just above average. Uh, the only good thing they do on offense is not turning it over. Other than that, I mean, like even the free throws are as a team, they're at 56%. There's just not a lot of ways they're going to score. They played a slow pace that doesn't help them help you out when you're not shooting well, because you're just having very few options. Um, then like on the road, they're even worse. Penn state at home better. Um, they get jump, jump shot dependent. So it makes you a little nervous about it just because, they can go cold. Um, they don't rebound the ball, but that's by design. Um, they don't turn the ball over whatsoever. I think they're they're number one or number two in the nation at not turning it over. Um, so I, I think there's going to be plenty of room for Penn State to cover, win this by six to ten, just late in the second half. A few jump shots going in. They've also they've also got probably the best player on the floor. Uh, I just forgot his name, but uh, he runs the point for uh, Penn State. Very good player. I, I think he's he will carry pick, that. Pick it. Yeah, pick it. Yep. 
uh, he will carry them to this victory and they'll win six to 10 at home. Yeah, I think you're right on that one. Uh, Wisconsin in the first game shot 41% from three and needed every bit of that to win by three at home. Again, at a time when, uh, not that they're, they were playing great then, but they were at least looking decent at that time. And they've just looked bad ever since then. And so uh, just not a team I want to be part of. That doesn't mean Wisconsin can't turn it around. It's just one of those, I've been fading them and it's been working and I want to keep doing it until they turn it around. And when they turn it around, we'll get off that train. But for right now, I'm still riding the fade Wisconsin train uh, until the number catches up. And I don't think it has. This line indicates that Penn State's only a point, point and a half better uh, than Wisconsin on a neutral. And with what I've seen from Wisconsin right now, I don't think that's the case. There's, there's, there's not many teams in the conference that are only that much better than Wisconsin right now. I think most every team in the conference besides Nebraska and Minnesota, right, are are well better than Wisconsin right now, it seems like. Unless maybe I'm forgetting yeah, somebody. Yeah. It's pretty much everybody. Yeah, well, I, I think the floor has fallen out for Ohio State, so I, I'm not so oh, sure about yes. them anymore. True. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, absolutely. The other two. Right, so you got yeah, so you got three teams and the other, you know, whatever, 10 teams in the conference, I think they're all like separated themselves as better than like Wisconsin and both Ohio State, who both teams who we thought would be a lot better coming into the season and starting off strong and then just not looking good. So, hey, still fading them. And, and when they figure it out, we'll stop. But we'll, we'll count all, all, all the chips that we've made uh, on that run and enjoy it. <laughs> uh, to the nine o'clock slot here, Florida at Alabama. Alabama is a 10 point favorite. What zero part of this side? Florida's been playing pretty well lately. Bama, for the most part, still has. They've had these like random nights where they don't show up and they lose by 30 to Oklahoma. And then they go out there and they took all those frustrations out. Was it Vanderbilt? Yeah. Beat them by like 50 or something. So it's like they've still got it where they could just run away from a team. And, and, I want to make sure this is heard, right? I, you know, we ha- some of you know this for sure, but beating Vandy by fifty does say something, right? It, and and I and I say that because IUPUI could not beat Vandy by fifty, and Green Bay could not beat Vandy by fifty, and South Carolina couldn't beat Vandy by fifty, right? If you can beat a team like that, now that doesn't mean that they could beat Florida by fifty. It just means that they could be they could beat Florida by twenty five, right? Like that's the type of thing that it does translate. That data does matter. Um, I'm not saying it's the only data point that matters, but it is a data point that matters. And so you know that Bama still got it in them to just destroy a team. They still can do it, but they still could lose by thirty to Oklahoma too. So I don't really know what to make on this. Ten points is too many to, to get excited to lay. Um, but knowing how good Alabama is, I don't want to take ten either. I think it's a pretty good price. Model says nine point nine, so model agrees with it. As well, but instead, I like the under 146 and a half. The model's been pretty spot on with Alabama totals over the last month, pegging them pretty well. They do play fast, they have a great offense, they have a pretty decent defense, too. We've been pretty on the nose with their totals, but Florida, we just cannot catch up to just how slow they are playing, just how good the defense is playing. We've been talking about their unders a lot as of late. It burned us against Kentucky because of whatever the heck happened in that second half, but I'm willing to come back and say I think that was an aberration. I don't think they're going to put up 50 and a half again. I think they want to really slow this game down, especially on the road. They do not want to get high scoring. Model says 142.8. I really think 140 is about where this lands. I think getting up to, if you're going over this, you got to think it's hitting to 150. I don't think we're going to touch 150 in this one without something like overtime or crazy late game fouls. I think 140 seems about right. Uh, like under in this one, Jake, what do you think? Yeah, it feels crazy to take another at on Alabama in Tuscaloosa, but, I mean, Florida has got just very, barely above average offense and an exceptional defense. Alabama's defense actually ranks out better. Um, they 
want to play that crazy pace, but I think Florida has made a change where they want to play slower, uh, especially on the road when you want to take the ball yeah. out of Alabama's hands because they're not a great shooting team um, by any stretch. They're they're just not – they just shoot so many times that they hit enough of them that it puts up a lot of points. Um, neither team great uh, great at forcing turnovers, and both are in top ten in opponent effective field goal percentage, so I don't think there's going to be a lot of high-quality possessions here. Two really good defenses battling it out. Um and both teams are very average shooting teams. Like you said, uh, they just shoot – like Alabama shoots an unreal amount of threes. A cold stretch will really help us go under because, uh, I mean, nearly 50% of their field goal attempts are from deep. And they go cold for two or three-minute stretch where they shoot a little more threes than they are getting it inside. That's really going to make it hard for them to get up close to 150. Uh Florida pretty rough from deep either, but they just don't shoot a lot of them. I just think the defensive prowess of this team is going to really keep the quality of those possessions down. It's going to be a lot of tough shots, a lot of forced shots where they're not going in and one and done going through and just wasting a lot of time not scoring. Yeah, and the the way this goes over is the exact same way that the Florida-Kentucky game went over, which was Florida gets down a decent amount and has to try to play catch-up. That didn't work for them. They put up 50, and they still lost, and they didn't really ever make it that close. I mean, they kind of formed it with it, but, I mean, they still were down that whole second half, really. So I I, I just think your game plan for this getting to 150 is you need Bama to get up early, just like Kentucky did. You need Florida to chase. You need Florida to realize it didn't work against Kentucky, but maybe it's going to work against a better team in Alabama who now you're going to get in the track meet with that offense on the road. Like, I don't know. It seems like a stretch to me. Obviously, either team can get hot from three and, and things can go crazy, but in general, like, Florida's game plan has to be just take the air out of the ball, cut every fast break, make every possession hard, grind this thing out. And I think you really got to try to stick to that game plan for as long as possible, because I think once you get out of that game plan, it's just going to go worse. <laughs> so it's like, why, why change? Even if you're losing by eight, hope that starts to start falling, because if you change up your game plan, I think you're going to lose by 15. So uh, it has to be their game plan here on the road. Alabama wants to play fast, but if Florida lets it happen, that's, that's, not not ideal for them, and and they they play pretty well. Got a good coach. I don't think they're gonna let that happen. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Alabama or Florida totally gave up on the offensive glass. They might just send send Castleton because he's already down there most likely, yep. and put four back just to take the speed out of Alabama. That's exactly what I would do because you've got to you've got to prevent them from running. You've got to slow them down. You've got to get them into the half court, cut everything off you can. That'd be a good way to do it. So I, yeah, I think that's got to be something along those lines. Has got to be the game plan. Making under 146 and a half at the smart play there. To the late slot, 10 p.m. Eastern, San Diego State at Utah State. Uh, look, I, I just, you know what? I don't really like San Diego State. I mean, they're like, San Diego's a nice city. I've loved visiting, but like, I just don't think, I think their basketball team's overrated. They have one and covered, absolutely. But, um, you know, we fade them a lot. We're profitable fading them. So it's not that it's worked every single time, but it's worked more times than not. Uh, Utah State's been a profitable team to back. I just think they can win this game. Laying one, I think, is a really short number. I think it's a great investment here. You got the the spot on the travel here, which is a team playing on the coast, not used to elevation, having to travel to elevation, playing in a pretty hostile environment, got a huge home court edge there in Utah State. Um, I think San Diego State might be the better team, but I'm just not sure by that much. I don't know if they're better by enough to overcome the altitude, the home crowd, that sort of thing. In San Diego State, I think they should be favored. Here on the road, though, I think Utah State wins this by two or three. I love laying a point here. With regards to total, 
Models is 147 and a half. So something like over 145 might be solid. It's not quite there yet, but if that number drops a little bit, I think over makes some sense. It's just, I'm seeing 147 right now. So it's just not quite good enough, but I do think over might be a strong play here and that both these offenses are good. This pace is good. And I'm not sure the books have really caught up to just how high scoring these teams are. I feel like a broken record. We always hit with these mountain West games, but I think we should are in for a lot of points. I just, I don't quite like the number right here. So I'm just going to focus on Utah state minus one. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, like Mountain West needs to, like, say thank you. I love the fact that, I mean, they've benefited from the time zone they're in, and they, they've got a really good basketball going on the last few years, not just last year and this year, but even before that. So they're really benefiting, getting a lot of eyes on them, and I think it's helping them get in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they'll probably get four or five bids this year, mm-hmm. and these are two of the teams that should be an incredible matchup. I, th- I think you're right. The San Diego State, a little bit overvalued here. Utah State is they're probably the – way to go here they uh they work so well together it's, it's beautiful offense they can shoot the lights out we've got two really good players in ashworth and funk that are just a great duo uh san diego state has the better defense on the year but in conference play and everything like that it's really dropped off they've been more of an offensive team so i like i'm looking for the over two i'm hoping that number moves down a little bit um because i think it'll get up close to 150 the last time is 160 uh san diego it's for like kind of to how Utah State wants to play because they force a lot of threes. They keep that three-point percentage down, but Utah State's the best three-point shooting team in the nation. They can get hot and really take San Diego State out of the game they want. And then once you start getting into the lane on San Diego State, their defense drops way off. They're, they're letting people shoot well above 50% in the in lane and inside the arc. So I, I just I don't know that their defense is as good as it's rating out to be. Um I really, they got really hot in that game against Utah State the first time they hit 54.5% of their threes compared to the 34 where, that they shoot on the year. They also be, benefited from a big free throw disparity. And part of that is due to the offense where San Diego State's very aggressive, Utah State's very jump shot oriented. Jump shot, but, yeah. uh, they got, they doubled them up on free throw attempts. Don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be quite that wide again. Not, um, not, not this time, so, not in Utah. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, we're going to get a very tight game. Utah State probably wins this by two or three points. Uh, I think there will be a lot of points in this too. Yeah, I, I think this is a great example of what we talk about at the top of the show. We're talking about the average game. You never know when a team gets hot from three. The first time we said San Jose hitting 54% from three. Again, if I were to say I'm going to predict any team to do that, I should be laughed off, off of – out of my desk, out of this room, whatever. Because, like, again, that can happen, but that's not – I'm going to be wrong way more than I'm right if I say something like that. That was a great performance by San Diego State. Tip your hat to it. But you don't expect that performance again. You don't expect that performance again on the road. You don't expect that performance again at altitude, right? It's going to be a tougher thing for them. Utah State likes to run. They like to use that altitude to their advantage here. I think it just sets up as a great spot for them here and kind of that – I don't want to say revenge game because, I mean – I really don't think they are looking at this like, oh, they beat us last time we won away. I think they won away either way, right? It doesn't yeah. matter who won the last game. But in this game where they say, hey, you know, they got hot that first game. We're at home. We're going to take it to them. I think they're going to play with a lot of confidence. I think it gets them to win at home. Like I said, I'm thinking a lot of points too. Just want a little bit better of a number. Yeah. But I'm like you, if this game had 150 points or more, I don't think I'd be that surprised. Um, I think it just kind of flips. So I think it's going to be more, you know, 80 to 70 Utah State rather than the flip of that just because I, I think um, – I just don't see San Diego State shooting that well. Utah State at home can get hot from three pretty easily. And they're more likely to get hot from three just because they take so many threes. It's not yes. as it's not a small not a small sample size variance of, oh, you take 15 threes, you might hit 10 of them. It's like 
they shoot like 400 threes. It seems like a game. So it's like, it's good. that luck balances out a lot quicker for them because they just take so many threes. They're going to get hot and hit some of them. They did last game in the second half. Unfortunately for them, San Diego state was hot the entire game. So it didn't really matter what happened because San Diego state just could not be stopped. And that seems unlikely to repeat itself here on the road in Utah. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I don't see San Diego State hitting 12 threes again like they did last time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, that takes us to overtime or off-the-wall game. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. We got an early game for you. There's not much happening this time. Hofstra at Northeastern. Hofstra is a five, five-and-a-half-point favorite. Model says 6.6, so with lean to laying the points with Hofstra here on the road. They're definitely the better team. Uh, the question is, do you want to lay that? Think of a number. That's probably where I would lean. Jake, though, you like the over 140. Tell us why. Look, uh, Hofstra, very, very good offense. They rank top 20 in effective field goal percentage. They're 33rd in three-point percentage and top 25 in their two-point percentage. They love to play fast on the offensive end. Um, they refuse to rebound the ball on either side of the ball. They just don't want to. Not sure why. Um and they don't go to the line too much, but if they do, they're typically going in. Uh, Northeastern has a bad, bad defense and a very bad offense um, that turns the ball over like crazy, but they rebound a high percentage of their many misses. Uh, their defense won't get in the way of Hofstra. Their offense is really going to feed Hofstra, too, with the, all the turnovers that they're just going to keep the pace a little faster, give them a lot of easy buckets. But when they do get the shot off on Hofstra's okay defense, they'll clean it up. I think we'll get a lot of a lot of points here with for teams. Um, tempo won't slow. Neither team likes to play fast or slow, but I think it'll be lean more the faster route. Um, in the last little bit, Northeastern has been scoring a lot better, getting in the mid sixties to seventies. Hofstra's uh, been killing it though, getting at least seventy in every game, above seventy five in all but once since losing the thousand. I think we get. Uh, much closer to 80, 75, 80 out of them. So we just need a little bit over 60 and we'll be fine. Yeah. Hofstra's been definitely could score. Um, Northeastern could definitely allow points. And uh, as you noted, Hofstra, I mean, it should be Northeastern has been an over team. The models underestimated their points per game in the, or their, their total number of points scored and allowed by almost six points per game here in the last month. So they've definitely been going a lot more over as of late. Um, the idea I think with him at home is, on the road, they might struggle to score a little bit, but at home, they should be a little more comfortable. They should get some points. Their defense is bad enough, and Hofstra's offense is good enough. It doesn't matter where the game's going to be played. So home gives them points. doesn't matter where it's played. They allow points. That, that feeds lots of points. and gets us over an average number of points here in 140. Yep. The, hope for an 80 to 60, 80 to like 62 game. Be great. <laughs> All righty. Uh, Jake, any parting words then for the viewer? Oh, no, not today. I'm just ready for the games to get going this time around. Yeah, again, we're recording now on Tuesday afternoon, so we're, we're eagerly awaiting this Tuesday slate that we talked yeah. about being so good. Hopefully it was. Hopefully you're watching this and you're like, yes, it lived up to its billing, because if not, we're saying this, and you know that we were all disappointed just because it was a lame Tuesday with a bunch of blowouts. Hopefully it's a bunch of good games that we're excited about, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right, well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Fix of the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can show all the sports betting content we provide on this channel. is dropped right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more college basketball tips. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.